And can we give it up for those watching online today? Thank you so much for tuning in. Whether it's this week or today, we honor you. We honor you in-house today. Welcome to August. I love August because after August is September. <laughs> and I like the fall. I love when it cools down just a little bit. I, I like uh, everything, but I really like uh, the cooler weather. And so um, my wife and I got married in August. In fact, this Wednesday will be 43 years. Honey, thank you for putting up with me for 43 years. Uh, I, I tell people it probably maybe, the, maybe there were five people the night we got married that actually believed it would last longer than five years, and I'm not sure Janie was one of them. So, uh, <laughs> But uh, she has uh, endured the test of time. And by the way, Margaret and Jeff Osborne, 47 years tomorrow. So God bless you guys. Appreciate that. And uh, Gary and Jerry are this this month as well. Is it 55? 55 years this month. And so, brother, brother looks like he could be my son. And he's, he's got, you are, you are, you are my son. Not sure how that happened, but you are. And uh, at least, <laughs> I, I love that guy. He's, he's just a special breed. I'll tell you that much. Uh, so happy anniversary, happy birthday. If this is your birthday or anniversary month, we are so appreciative of just, um, you know, uh, life, doing life together. So thank you for coming out. Like Margaret said, the church is growing, continues to grow even through the summer. So excited about that, excited about what God is doing. We have a lot, our hands in a lot of things, a lot of missions, uh, a lot of orphanages, a lot of um, just, we, I, I preach to uh, Pakistan now once a month, and we're buying Bibles for the, for the folks in Pakistan. We're seeing miracles over there. Uh, a lot of things you can tap into if you choose to. So uh, as you give of your tithe and offering, let me, let me say this, that the church tithes 10% on that as well, and it's, it goes to really, really good things. And so we're starting a new sermon series this month called Without Ceasing. We're going to pray without ceasing. That's kind of a misnomer. People will say, how can I pray without ceasing? I, I've got to work, or I've got to sleep, or I've got to... It's kind of a mindset that we're, we're praying. Janie and I have been married, like I said, 43 years this Wednesday, and yet we know each other's mind, right? We we know if we're hungry for the same thing, if we want to go to the same place, if we want to do the same thing, sometimes we just have to look at each other, and, and we know it, and the conversation doesn't even take place. That's where God wants us to be with him, that we know each other's heart. We have each other's attitude. We have each other's spirit. And so God wants us to talk to him. And prayer is just conversation. Prayer isn't something that has to be really articulated really well. It's good if you can, but it's really just conversation with God. And we'll talk about that this month. It's a, a great summer series because prayer can be complex. Prayer can be simple. Prayer can be something if you're a new believer, maybe you're not sure how to pray. If you're a Christ follower, but your prayers haven't been answered, maybe we can walk through some of those things together. And so we're going to pray for the scripture. We'll read some scripture and kind of talk about some things together. So let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word, how it's alive in our heart, in our spirit, in our mind, in our church, in our community. We pray, Father, in Jesus' name, that you just open our hearts today to hear in our mindset, Lord, to receive and believe the power of prayer. Father, Lord, that we thank you that you've given us the opportunity to communicate with you, and that's what we, that's what we want to do. That's what we want to learn how to do even more so today. In Jesus' name we pray, and the church said, amen. Uh, just really quickly, if we could, since we're really talking about the attitude of prayer, my sister's birthday is today. She's 71. Uh, and she has multiple sclerosis, and she has it to the extreme. Her life expectancy was 50, and so she's lived 21 years past her life expectancy, but she is really in bad, bad shape, uh, and, and, and in some cases is maybe the will to live or the, even the will to believe. And so I've been praying for her. I pray for her almost every day just for God's will. But if, if you wouldn't mind, just, uh, you know, I know sometimes my family watches online and maybe they can just give this word to her that we're, we're, we're as grace church, we're going to pray for her. Her name is Peggy. Uh, would you mind if we prayed for my sister Peggy?
Father, I thank you. Uh, I thank you for Peggy. Lord, she loves you. Lord, she counts you as one of, uh, as one of your own. She's a dear sister and, and daughter in the Lord. So I pray, Father, Lord, however, Lord, uh, your will and way is in, in her life. I pray you strengthen her. I pray you keep her strong in the faith. I pray, Lord, that you would build a hedge of protection around about her, Lord, that she would, uh, Lord, just live every day. Lord, her, day, her journey is different than ours. Her, her day looks different than our day. So, Father, I pray, Lord, that you just give her perfect peace that passes all understanding. I pray you give her perfect rest. I, I continue to speak healing, even though her healing may not be identified until she gets to the other side. That's okay. Father, Lord, we, we thank you, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that, uh, Lord, that one day... Lord, her faith will be made sight, and she will be in your presence, and she will dance, uh, dance, Lord, and she will praise you, Lord, for the good God that you are. We thank you, Jesus, Lord, that you would meet her right where she's at, and Holy Spirit, that you would uh, continue to allow uh, the Father and Son to be glorified in my sister. Uh, bless her, I pray. Lord, give her good care, Father, Lord, in Jesus' name we pray, and the church said amen. Thank you for, for that. She is, uh, she is a warrior. Uh, she, she got, uh, she was right, diagnosed with multiple sclerosis 43 years ago. I am the youngest of eight. I moved out and she had to move back in with my parents. And, uh, ever since then she has needed care. She's in a beautiful quality care place. Uh, but every day is a, uh, is a, is a trial. Every day is a battle for her, a uh, literal battle. She's had a feeding tube for 12 years, uh, and her quality of life and our quality of life would be different. Uh, but she is one of the most joyful persons, people that you would meet uh, in, throughout it all. And so she's always a, a witness to me. But uh, thank you. Thank you for allowing me to pray. And so uh, we're coming out of Acts to start with, and then we will uh, we'll, we'll talk about some things. I hope you understand. Prayer can be simple. Again, prayer can be complex. Prayer is somewhere in between, and we'll talk about, we'll, we'll talk about prayer. So Acts 3.1 uh, to start with. I don't have Scripture up here. Can I get Scripture up here? Acts 3.1. Uh, now, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. Let's stop there for just a second. And so they're, they're going to pray, all right? This is pretty simple. You know the rest of this story if you read the scriptures at all, but I'll explain it to you. And there's a, there's a beggar man uh, near on the temple steps, and he wants money. And, and Peter and, and John say, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have uh, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And he does. And so a uh, miracle breaks out. Revival breaks out. Uh, great, amazing things are taking place. And so then uh, they haven't made it into the temple, but they're going to pray. This is, uh, this is the prayer time. They're going to a prayer meeting. And then we jump over to Acts 4, 1 and 2. And as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them. Greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Stop there for a second. These guys were annoyed that miracles were taking place. Think about that. Now, be careful, religious people, that you are annoyed because somebody is getting filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit or loving God or wanting to do something for the kingdom. We become very religious in our walk if we're not careful. We should always be glad when people are doing something for the kingdom of God. Can you say amen? And so they were, the religious people were annoyed. And then I think we jump over to verse 13. And now they have this great discussion. And they're talking back and forth. And they're saying uh, things like, what should we do to these guys? How should we persecute them? Should we throw them in jail? And now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Now, I would, I would say this about prayer because this is where those guys were going. They'd spent time in the upper room. We don't know if this is a few weeks or a few years later. We know it's after they've been baptized with the Holy Spirit. They have this power of God in their life, but they're praying on a daily basis. And there's different times, and I'll share with you in a moment, there's different times to pray, different ways to pray, different places to pray, but we know that they're praying. And because they're praying, we understand that that things are happening, and when you do pray, things will happen. But I would say this, that um, in my case even, I've, I've never been invited by uh, Grace Music to help lead worship. 
Praise the Lord. Even even the front row is saying, praise the Lord. But that's true. I've never been invited, uh, I'm invited by Hillsong Worship's team to say, hey, Mark, come on, lead us in worship. Would you be in, me and, uh, you know, Joel Houston or somebody? Nobody's ever called me up. I've, I've never been accused of preaching like T.D. Jakes. But I will tell you this, that no matter who is in this room, we can all have the power of prayer in our life. Prayer is the equalizer. Prayer is the one thing that we can all do. It doesn't matter how anointed or gifted we are. I love our worship team. Isn't grace music? Don't, they have a good, don't we have a good worship team? I, I love our worship team. I love our musicians. I love, the, I love their heart. I love their spirit. I love their attitude of humility. I, I love when, you know, we stop the music and it's just the voice. And I love when, you know, there's a guitar solo or a drum solo. or, or I, love, I love when there's singing and voice. I love it all. Uh, but they've never invited me, and nor will they. I, I, I sleep with the worship leader. <laughs> She's not, she has never said, oh, man, I just, I need you on that worship team. I, I mean, we're, one time you did, and that was the biggest mistake of your life. And that was our first church. That's why it didn't go so well. No. It, <laughs> and then they recorded it. Like, that's a horrible prank. That is a horrible prank. And then they recorded it back when we had cassettes. I, mean, I burned every cassette there was, even the master. And Janie laughs about it still today. That's how well that went. But, but I've been invited to a lot of prayer meetings. I've been invited to a lot of times of prayer. I've been, I've been called a lot for prayer. Why? Not because I'm a great prayer person, but because prayer is the great equalizer. Everybody can pray. Every person in this place can pray, and you can pray anointed prayers, and you can pray gifted prayers, and you can pray the power of God down because God gives that right to everybody. Everybody can pray. We pray in the name of Jesus. So we pray to the Father in the name of his Son. This is why this is the prayer breakdown. So God sits on the throne. Jesus on the right hand of the throne. And we pray to Jesus. And then he takes that prayer request. He's our great intercessor, Paul tells us. He takes those prayer requests to his Father. So whenever you have a need, we, we pray. And we can pray that way. And so there's places and times of prayer. I'll just give you some biblical examples for just a moment. Uh, times. Usually most of them in the New Testament. So we pray always. We pray without ceasing. We pray three times a day. We pray in the evening, morning, and at noon. We pray in the morning. We pray a great while before daylight. We pray at daybreak. We pray in the third hour of the day, which is 9 a.m. We pray in the sixth hour of the day, which is noon. We pray during an hour of prayer. We pray in the ninth hour, which is 3 p.m. We pray in the evening, which is after 6 p.m. We pray at night, which is after 9 p.m. We pray in the fourth watch, which is 3 in the morning, or or slightly after. There are different times, and most of these is when Jesus or his disciples were praying. And so we take Jesus as a model. We learn how to pray, and we pray this way. I had prayed for 20 years at either 5 or 6 in the morning, Monday through Friday, without stopping, year-round. I'd go and pray at 5, and then I'd go pray at 6. The Lord allowed me to sleep in. I'd pray at 6 o'clock. I'd pray uh, our first church, 7 years, 6 in the morning. And then in this church, I prayed the first seven years, I'd come to church and pray six in the morning. And then the Lord started to change my prayer time. I, he moved it to 3 a.m. And so I wouldn't come to church. I would get up and I would walk around the house. I would find a quiet place. Or sometimes I would pray in bed and pray for an hour or an hour and a half. I still do that four or five times a week. I did it this morning. I was up at 3 o'clock. I looked over at the clock. It was, it was the 301. I said, all right, Lord, you're, you must want your quiet time with me. Jewish culture says that that 3 a.m., the fourth watch, it was when Jesus was walking on water, water, it was the fourth watch of the night. He was walking on water. The disciples saw him. They, They were afraid. Was it a ghost? God will give you different times to pray. Now, I'm wrong if I say you're you're out of order if you don't get up at 3 a.m. and pray. (laughs) You, You don't have to do it, but you have to pray. 
So as a pastor, I'm encouraging you to pray. You find the time that works for you. Biblically, I can give you just about any time that you, you could pray, and you, you pray. Here's some places that you might want to pray. In the assembly, in the congregation, in your quiet place, which Jesus even called a prayer closet, but that's just a quiet place. That's a, it could be your car. It could be a spot in your home. It could be a favorite chair that you like to sit in, uh, an upper room, a housetop, the temple or church, on the shore or somewhere in nature. I love to pray when we're hiking. I like to pray when I mow the grass. First of all, I'm praying for my grass. But I like to pray mowing the grass. That may sound odd to you, but it's my connection with Adam in the garden. It's like I think there's in the heart of men maybe especially and probably women, there's something about gardening. There's something about uh, the grass. There's something about bushes. And, and I, li- I like to plant things. I, that, that, I, the house we have, uh, there was zero landscaping. And so uh, Janie and I came in and we went to and we, we planted some stuff. And I like to go watch it grow. It's just kind of fun. We water at night. It's, it's fun to watch it spring up. There's something there. There's a connection. So I like pray when I like to pray when I'm mowing the grass or in nature, a garden in your bed. This is biblical. They they prayed in their beds. How many? That's not a bad thing. You're just laying in your bed and praying. And if you decide you're going to doze off, that's okay too. You know, there's there's a couple ways of doing that. And then a, a desert place, or the scripture says, in every place, you don't have to come to church to pray. You can find a place in your house. You can find a place in your neighborhood. You can go out on a walk. You could walk your dog. You could, you know, you could just sit in your back porch. You could drink some tea, and you can pray. Praying is the equalizer. Pray, praying is the thing that uh, we all have the opportunity to do. Again, they're not going to invite me to the worship team here at Grace Church, and, I, and, I, and I'm the pastor. I've asked to be on the worship team. They've said no. I said, would you like me to do a special? They said, (laughs) no. No, never. But I can pray, and you can pray. And I think sometimes we look for positions or for places in churches that maybe are a little bit more identifiable. But I'll tell you what, the reason I'm up here today is because I have a strong prayer life. It's because of those 20 years of praying at 5 a.m. I never once, never once in 20 years of praying at 5 in the morning did I ever say, God, would you make me a pastor? I actually prayed, Lord, please don't put me in ministry. I think I could do more good outside of ministry than in ministry. I've seen what ministers had to go through. Lord, please, please don't subject that to me. But at Grace Church, we don't have that. And Grace Church is a a great place to lead uh, a church because Grace people are amazing people. Grace people love each other. Grace people are are top shelf. Give yourself a hand, Grace Church. Come on, you you deserve it. You're you're of the best. You're, You're top shelf people. And so thank you for that. But it's the equalizer. When I first gave my heart to the Lord in a relational way, always loved God. Always went to church and then learned that maybe I could take it a step closer and, and, and know Jesus as a personal Lord and Savior. And when I started to do that and then shifted from mainline denomination to more of a charismatic evangelical, our, our pastor would teach us on Wednesday nights different uh, memory verses, okay? And we, maybe that memory verse would be for the whole month. Maybe it would be for a week. And I was telling Janie the other day, I still remember some of those memory verses. Like they're embedded in me, right? And, and so, uh, study to show thyself to prove them to God. A worker need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Uh, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman avails much, all right? So, it's the effectual. And then this one out of Luke 18 and 1. Now, he spoke a parable to them at this time that man should always to pray and not to faint. And so we, we're learning that this is not, this part's not the parable. Jesus has actually given instruction on that we should pray, and we should pray. And Paul picks up on it, pray without ceasing, the, 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 the title of our sermon series. Why should we pray without ceasing, or how can, it's always having an attitude of prayer. It's knowing that God is not some far out distant place where we can't see him, he's ever present. David said this, I can go to the highest of heavens or I could go to the lowest depth of the inner earth. But, Father, you're there. God, you're there. God is everywhere. God is all over. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. 
He's, God is unbelievable as far as his closeness goes. He's so far in our mind, but he's so close in our spirit. He's so close in our heart that we can pray. And so this parable that Jesus is talking about then after Luke 18 and 1, 2 through 7 or 2 through 8, he's talking about a woman who comes to a judge. And the judge is a Gentile in the parable because the, 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 the culture then, the, the, the Jewish people wouldn't take their rulings to court. They would do what Moses set up, and they would take them to a form of court, but it wouldn't be a legal system. It would be like an eldership court. Hey, we have a problem here, and the eldership court would take care of that. So, but he's going to, she's going to a judge, and she's knocking and knocking and knocking and knocking and bothering the judge and just wearing the judge out. And then finally, the, ju- the Jesus says, the unjust judge says, give her whatever she wants. And Jesus is telling us that if we will bring our petitions to his father and keep knocking and knocking and knocking, how much more would the just judge, the just king, Abba, Father, Daddy, how much more will he hear our prayers than the unjust? And so there's, there's, a, there's this weariness or this bothering that he talks about in this, in this parable, Luke 18, 1 through 8, that he, that he talks about. And what happens when we pray and we pray in this manner, it's like we're putting boxing gloves on and we're just wearing our opponent out. And how many knows that with Jesus, you're going to wear the opponent out, right? The opponent is not the person that sits across the aisle from you. The opponent is not the person that you have breakfast with in the morning. The opponent is not the person that you work across from. The opponent is the enemy, devil, that serpent, Satan, that Lucifer, the one that's been cast out of heaven already. He's the opponent and he does not want you to pray. Why? Because he knows there's power in your prayer. He knows that you can pray. So let me give you just a couple things this morning. Uh, you can take them away. You can take, walk away with them and, and give you some ideas. So there's three parts to prayer. One, the first part is our understanding. That's our thought. It's our thought process. So I'm going to pray. And by the way, let me give you kind of a ratio. When you pray 70 to 80% of the time, you should be praying for other people, not for yourself. And I think the, we kind of Americanize prayers just a little bit and the fact that we start praying for all of our needs. We start praying for my things. And things don't work out because it's not, you know, it doesn't fit me or it doesn't work for me or, or you don't have this for me. And we start to, we start to become me-orientated rather than other-orientated. And we'll get to more of that uh, near the end of this message. But we need to pray for other people. So the thought process is, I need to pray for my government. I need to pray for spiritual leaders. I need to pray for my community. I need to pray for not only this nation, but other nations. Sorry, Marcus works for an organization called Every Home for Christ. Uh, not every home in America for Christ. Not every, every home for Christ. And so we pray for the nations. And, and, uh, and I have a prayer map in my, in my office upstairs. And every day I'm in my office, I go in there and I pray over the nations. And I pray Pray for specific nations for that day. I think we need to pray, and we need to pray for other people. I think that's important, church. We have to be careful that those prayers aren't inward focus. And it's okay. You'll have needs that you need to pray for. Maybe you got a bad report, or maybe there, there's a sickness in your family. We prayed for my sister just a moment again. Maybe, we, maybe there is something personal, but for the most part, we need to make our prayers outward focused. So we pray with understanding of uh, what, what's going on in the world, what's going on in our state, what's going on in our city, what's going on in our church, what's going on in our community, what's going on in the community of believers, so that we can pray for the community. So, so we pray with understanding. That's our thought process. That goes, that filters through our mind. Second of all, we pray for through our heart. That's our spirit, man. So when we're praying, we're praying for the needs of other people. And what started me at praying at three in the morning was the Lord would wake me up and he would lay somebody on my heart. And I would start to pray for that person. And you, most of the time, probably 99% of the time, I won't even tell someone that I'm praying for them because maybe they don't even know they need prayer. Maybe God's got something for them down the road or maybe there's something, an obstacle that they're going to come up with and, and God is using intercessory prayer to help them avoid that. And, and by the way, can we just give it up for our prayer team, all of our intercessors and those who work in our prayer team, our prayer ministry? 
We have a good prayer covering at Grace Church. And by the way, we, we have the last day of the month, we do a 24-hour prayer for other churches in this area, and we canvass and, and, and bathe this whole area in prayer. So if you'd like to pray, pray uh, for one of, sign up for one of those time slots, you can do so at the VIP booth. Just write your name down there in whatever time slot you would like, and we would love for you to join us uh, the last day of each month and, and praying for churches and praying for people people in this area. It's intercessory prayer is something that we just stand in the gap for. We, we hope, but the Lord will lay people or, or different things on your heart, and, and you don't even have to vocalize it. You don't have to say, hey, the Lord's given me this word about you. You just pray. You start praying about it uh, to the Lord and let the Lord order those steps. And so we move from understanding to heart. Okay, uh, I understand through my thought process. I'm going to pray, and I, I do some pattern prayers. I'll pray for the government. I'll pray for spiritual leaders. I'll pray for state and local leaders. I pray for teachers. We're going to pray for teachers, and in a little while, teachers are dear to us. So we pray for teachers. We pray for students because we have grandbabies. Janie and I would cry. I don't, our kids could be in high school. We cried the first day that they would go back to school. It's like, look at us. We should be happy. This should, be, this should be fun. We're, crying, we're melting like little babies. You know, it's like, oh, don't mess them up. Not, I mean, it's just, I don't know. It was like we're hand, this is the big handoff, right? And so we would, we would, we would cry. And, but so we pray for students. We pray for teachers. We pray for our grandchildren. We, we pray out of our heart. So we move from understanding to heart. And then number three, we pray will. So the third part is will. So we pray out of our, our understanding. We pray out of our heart. Then we pray out of our will. Why is that? That's the petition. That's what, we, that's what we pray for, right? So that's that, that's that widow woman or that uh, woman going to the unjust judge saying, I need, I need you to hear me. I need you to hear this. I need you to take care of this. I need you to walk through this. And I need, I need, I need. I need that you need to. So, Father, what's my need? I need, Lord, that you to change our country, change our leadership to be God-fearing if they're not, change our, our local leadership to be God-fearing if they're not, change our, change our situation, change our stance on what Whatever, the, whatever it is. So, Lord, would you move into our realm? And then the Lord orders those steps of a righteous man or woman. This is Psalms 37. Da David shows us that God is in charge, okay? And so we, we walk through that. Uh, the devil hates it when you pray. Let's be honest. He's, I, pray, I pray two ways. When I wake up in the middle of the night, I, I start to pray right away. Uh, if it's the enemy trying to wake me up, he, he releases that. He go, he don't want me praying. So then I fall right back to sleep. If it's God, and I might be up for an hour and a half or two hours, then I know it's the Lord waking me up to pray. And I, I, start, to pray, uh, I start to pray prayers of thought, understanding, but then I, I morph to the heart. Lord, what would you want me to pray? How would you, how would you want me to pray? And then I, then I start to petition the Lord for people or uh, situations that the Lord lays on my heart. Again, prayer is the equalizer. Everybody can learn how to pray. This is what this sermon says series will be about, that we learn that we learn how to pray, not necessarily prayers. I do pray scripture quite a bit, but that we learn how to pray and intercede and talk to the Lord. Uh, if, you know, we, we have to be careful, we think sometimes that our prayers aren't being heard. That's a secular point of view. Secularism would be that everything's on a plane, everything's even, and this God that you believe doesn't really exist, so therefore your prayers aren't heard. Believe me when I say, when you pray to God in the name of Jesus, your prayers are heard. God hears your prayers, all right? So don't let secularism infiltrate the church. The most powerful thing that you have is maybe the thing that you don't use enough of, and that's prayer. And we sometimes use prayer as a last resort. Maybe you've said it. I know I probably have. Well, all we can do now is pray. That should be the thing we're doing first. We should be coming to the Lord in prayer. That's the power of prayer. This is what Jesus left us with, okay? He left us with how to pray, knowing that we know how to pray. So we have to pray a couple ways. So praying brings us into character with God. So when we pray to God, all of a sudden we start to understand the character. Janie and I have been married for 43 years, some 47, some 55, 43 years, and we know each other's character. 
But when we pray, we know God's character. God, start when you pray honest prayers. When you pray prayers that they they're not superfluous, okay? They're they're not they're not flashy. They're just you and God praying. You start to understand the character of God, and then you become a reflection of God's character. Uh, the person who walks in humility and the fear of the Lord, to that person are riches, honor, and life. So you become the character of God. It brings you into a character. And when we pray uh, to God, uh, our hearts become connected. Same thing with, with my wife. Having known each other for so long, being married for so long, we know each other's heart. We, she, did a, she did something just real recently, and it was, she was sticking up for somebody. She's a, she's a pit bull when somebody she thinks is being wrong. A pit bull. In a good way. Like a good pit bull. Uh, and somebody was in her mind, and my mind too, only she did something about it. I prayed about it. She did something about it. Uh, I prayed that she would do something about it. So God answered my prayer. <laughs> and and something, somebody was being wrong. And like, I just knew, I knew I could have written it down, put it in an envelope, put it on the table and said, this is what Janie is going to do on this certain day for this certain person. And it just came to pass. It just absolutely happened. She, she did exactly what I knew she was going to do. Why? Because her hearts are the same. And when your heart is the same as the Father's, he can start to do things for you, right? He starts to move on your behalf. He starts to, he start, you know, like, I know what God's going to do. Why, why, are, you, are you spiritual? Do you have the, no, our hearts are the same. We're praying that way, and, and all of a sudden your heart becomes the same, right? There's a persistence of prayer, but your persistence of prayer needs to be out of faith and belief, not out of anxiety and, and distrust, See, sometimes we pray a lot, but we pray because we're anxious. We pray because we're fearful. We pray because, man, I just don't want this thing to happen. The only thing I'm going to do is just pray, 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 pray. But we're not praying out of peace. And God would have us say, oh, Lord, how is this going to work out? I don't know how this is going to work out. Lord, I need a job or I need, a, I need this or I need that. Or, Lord, how is it going to work out? And we just we need to pray in peace saying, Lord, I know this is going to work out. I know it's going to work out because you order the steps of a righteous man or woman. In Jehovah's Sid Canoe, the Lord is righteous, is over me. It's not that I'm righteous. My righteous works are as filthy rags before the Lord, but I know that his righteousness covers me. So if he's ordering my steps, then however this looks now, it's going to work out. And I'm going to continue to pray because I want to pray out of persistence, but I'm going to pray out of belief, not unbelief. And so sometimes we need to move our anxious prayers of anxiety into prayers of peace and faith, knowing that God will work it out. Can you say amen? So I, I'll give you an example of how I think God helps work things out. I, I went to the, the gym yesterday, uh, and I hurt my arm uh, way back uh, last, last uh, on Halloween. And it's been a, it's been a whole venture of, of rehab, uh, way longer than it should have. And so I've been working out with the, the grand boys and the, and the sons a little bit. We have a weight room at the house. And so I went to the gym yesterday, and uh, when I went, uh, there, was, there was groupings. Uh, it, was a, it was a paired workout session. And so I'm standing in the circle, and everybody's kind of lining up, and these two guys over here, they're sizing me up. And uh, they were younger uh, and, and much more fit, healthier uh, looking than, than, I, than I am. Uh, I, first service said than I was, like that one gym experience made me better. Uh, it was than I, than I am. Uh, so, and they, they quickly like moved over to the side, like they're going to pair each other up. And so, uh, and true story. And so I'm standing there by myself. I don't have a partner. And so they all have these partners. And so the gym owner comes out. Like he's and ripped like like a stud, you know. And he comes walking out and he said, "Hey, you don't have a partner?" I said, "No, I don't have a partner." And he said, "Well, I'll be your partner." I said, "Well, I'm not going to be able to keep up with you." He said, I, "You don't have to keep up with me. I'll pick up your slack." You you know where I'm going with this. And so we, we do a series of like five workouts, five things, and, and like the, at the first rotation, I'm doing pretty good. My problem, part of my problem was I thought the warm-ups were part of the workout. Man, hate when that happens, right? So I extend, my, I extend myself on the, on the warm-ups. Nobody said, hey, we're just warming up, dude. It's like, don't hurt yourself. I'm like trying to show off. The first time back in the gym for a while, Kurt, 
And like, oh, yeah, I want to get there. And then so then he said, are you ready for workout? I'm sweating profusely. What do you mean, get there? Well, we're just going to start the workout. I thought this was the workout. He said, no, that was just the warm-up. Oh, my goodness. He said, don't worry. One more time, he says, don't worry. Like, you do what you can, and I'll fill in and do the rest. And all of a sudden, I get this word picture of how Jesus treats us. Like, I can't pray like Jamie. I can't pray like Janie. I can't pray like Marcus or Jim. I can't pray like Jew. You don't have to pray like any of those. You pray like you do, and Jesus comes down from heaven, and he handles your slack. He does the rest. And so we're doing this workout, and, and the first time through, I, get, I think I get all my reps in, and, and I get them in pretty good time, but I'm spent. Like, I, what do you mean we have two more rotations? I, I'm lucky to get through the one. He said, yeah, you'll be all right. By the third one, you'll be crawling, but that's okay. And I don't want to hear that. I'm, I'm ready to tap out. So he, he hands me a little, a little, not smaller than a washcloth, as a sweat towel. I need a beach towel by now. I mean, I'm, my, my whole body is wet. There's a, little, a literal puddle on the floor. He said, are you okay? I said, I think so. I'm, I'm not sure. He said, that's okay. We got the paddles here if something happens. I said, I said if you've got to break out the paddles, just let me go home. I don't want to come back. You explain it to my wife. I'm not going to be here to explain it to her. And so he wasn't laughing. And I, wanted, I needed a joke at that time. He said, all right. Round two, let's go. And so he's cranking his numbers out. He said, all right, you're up. And we kind of high five, and I get part of mine in. And he said, all right, no problem. Move out of the way. I'll pick up the slack. And we're, and we're just busting it, right? And I'm thinking the whole time, this is such a beautiful picture that when I can't or don't know how to pray, Jesus swoops in, and he picks me up, and he carries me to the place where I'm with him on heavenly throne. Paul said that we're seated with him in high places. And so where maybe he comes down to meet us, he doesn't leave us here. He takes us up there. And it's such a beautiful thing on how this man who was in much better shape than me, and these guys didn't want any part of me, and I totally understand it. He's saying, wait a second, the two of us, we can become one, and whatever you can't do, I will do. And Jesus says the same exact thing. Whatever you can't do, he will do. But he does expect us to do something. He expects us to show up at the hour of prayer. He expects us to ask or seek or knock. And then I thought at this gym, it's a CrossFit gym, and the owners, Anthony McCormick, who comes to our first service. In fact, I think all the owners come to our, our church at the first service. And Anthony's just a little stud. And, 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 and I thought, well, their workout on Saturday morning at 9 o'clock is free. I thought, that's another word picture because salvation is free, Jesus is free, deliverance is free, healing is free. All those things are free in the kingdom of God. Can you give it up for Jesus just for a moment? Because he doesn't, he's already paid the price. He's already paid the debt. It's such a beautiful, I, mean, I think I'm driving home, and I got the windows down in my car, got the air on full blast, and my seats, unfortunately, are not leather. So my car stinks, and I can't smell it, so Jane's got to be telling me, man, you need to wash this thing out. This is horrible, Mark. And I'm like, sorry, honey, but I sweated. You don't have to tell me that. And sometimes when we pray, we feel like we're spiritually sweating. But I want to tell you this, Jesus is spiritually sweating right with you. Because he said he would never leave us, nor would he forsake us. He'll never cast us off for something that we did. He, he's always in the process of bringing us back, never pushing us away. It's usually us that walk away. It's not, it's, not, it's not like the Lord is saying, no, you can't. It's like the gym owner yesterday. He came out of his office. He saw me standing there, no partner. The next time I'll take one of my boys, and we'll, we'll, we'll knock it out. Because they're really good. I'm not. They'll have... They'll have to do the rest of the workout. I'll cheer them on. <laughs> I want to teach you what, one thought. Jesus left evangelism of the world to basically 12 guys. Like, you're sitting here today as a byproduct of 12 people. He said, go and make disciples into the world. 
And when he said that, the disciples basically said, hey, would you teach us how to evangelize? No. Would you, would you teach us how to preach? No. The disciples said, would you teach us how to pray? That's how powerful prayer is. Their one request to Jesus, the Son of Almighty God, was, would you teach us how to pray? And so when Jesus taught him how to pray, he said, pray therefore in this manner, after this manner. He said, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom, the power, the glory forever. Amen. We, we say it. We say it at weddings. We say it at funerals. We say it at church services. We say it in our quiet time, in our private time. We say it in our corporate time. We, we say this, Lord, prayer. But let me break it down just for a moment. In the last couple minutes that I have with you today, let's break it down for a moment. The Son of God, the one who was and is and will and is to come, the one who has spoke this world into existence, the only begotten of the Father, he has declared him. Now, think about that for a second. Jesus doesn't say, my Father. <laughs> he says, our Father. So what gives the church the right to start excluding people when Jesus make it, makes it all inclusive? Oh, he expects us to change. He expects us to do our part. But Jesus says, our Father, which art in heaven. Think about that for a moment. Let that resonate. I think in myself, I would say, my Father. Hey, I don't know about the rest of you guys, but it's my daddy, my Father. No, Jesus says, hey, pray it this way. Pray, our Father, which art in heaven. And then he mentions three specific things that are kingdom-minded. He says, your name, your kingdom, your will. So he gives us the power to use his name. He gives us the authority to walk in his kingdom. But he tells us to pray his will on earth as it is in heaven. Why is that? So when we use this template of prayer, too many times we allow our will to get in the way where we need God's will to get in the way. Father, not my will, but your will be done. So it's our Father, but it's your name, your kingdom, and your will. And then he moves gracefully into this. He says these four things. He says, would you give us, would you forgive us, would you lead us, and would you deliver us? Now, what's he saying there as the worship team comes back? Here, here's what he's saying at the end there. And this is pretty cool. He's not saying, deliver me. He's not saying, give me. He's not saying, lead me. He's not saying, forgive me. He's making it corporate. And so where Jesus and Matthew says three things, when you give, when you fast, and when you pray, not if you'll give, not if you'll fast, or not if you'll pray, but when you take time to pray, pray in this manner. Our Father, your name, your will, bless you, your will, your kingdom. But would you deliver us? See, it's important that we pray for each other. It's important that we pray for our community, our coworkers, our family, our co-laborers in Christ. It's important that we look out for one another. Lord, would you deliver us? What would happen if we started praying deliverance on people that we were walking by us in the street? Deliver us. Wait, wait a second. You're... You're including me with them, Lord? Well, that's what Jesus, I'm just, what, what Jesus said. Jesus made it sound like we're kind of in this boat together. Deliver us. <laughs> Forgive us. Lead us. Give us your way and will. Stand with me this morning. Here's what I'd like you to do during this next worship song. Is just ask the Lord. If, if, he, if you don't feel like he had, ask him to, to meet you halfway and pick up your slack. So like I did in the gym yesterday. And like I will today when, when, I, when I pray tonight before I go to bed. Lord, would you meet me? Lord, if, it, if this thing is too heavy for me to carry, Lord, would you, would you pick up that slack? If I can't get the, the rest of my spiritual reps, Lord, would you come in and would you pick that up for me? 
So maybe you're in that place where you just need the Lord to come in and, and, and pick up some slack. Or maybe you're in the place where, like me, I, I pray too much, too much and too often about myself. Lord, would you give me? Would you lead me? Would you forgive me? And maybe you're like me, and you need to move that to us, like Jesus said. In this manner, pray, deliver us, forgive us, give us, lead us. So as I pray, I'm just going to ask if you would just bow your heads or close your eyes and ask the Lord to, what part of prayer maybe, maybe needs to continue to grow in your life? And that doesn't mean you're weak because prayer is the equalizer. We can all pray. But Lord, let us, help us, Lord, not to pray about ourselves, but help us to pray about the things that you would have us to pray in your name, your will, your kingdom. Father, Lord, help us to pray for others, uh, Lord, and that we include us in for deliverance. We include us in for leading. We include us in, Father, for giving. We include us in for forgiving, Lord, that you would forgive us and we would forgive others. Lord, you, you show us how to pray. Lord, help us to take this, Lord. And, and we know that, Lord, where we fall short, you step in. And we're so thankful that you pick up the slack in our life. Lord, help us, Lord, to just be one for another. Lord, as you were and are for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's worship. Thank you so much.
Amen. Give it up for Jesus one more time in this place. God is good. Amen. Thank you. Uh, express appreciation for your pastor for bringing today's message, would you please? Thank you so much. What a powerful message. And what an important reminder on the, on the power and the importance of prayer. Do you believe that there's power in prayer? Do you believe that God hears you when you pray? That's called faith, you know? And I want to just remind you that when we pray to God, we can believe that these mountains are going to be cast into the sea, right? We can believe that God's going to do all these things. But it's not because our prayer is so good. It's because our God is so good. Amen. Too many times I've come to God, and I'm like, oh, man, I got to say just the right thing in prayer. And the Bible says that if you anoint him with the oil and you lay the hands on the sick and call the elders, and you got to have the prayer of faith, and then you got to, can't forget to do this, can't forget, and all that's really important. But it's not the fact that your prayer was so articulate or that you prayed in the King James Version or that you prayed this or that. It's, it's the fact that God is so good. It's the fact that God is powerful. Your prayer can be inarticulate. Your prayer can be kind of sloppy. You can forget words and you might even want to quote the Our Father or the Lord's Prayer and you kind of forget part of it or say the ending wrong or whatever. Not a big deal. The, the point is, our God is faithful. One of the prayer leaders that I work for, his name is Dick Eastman. He's a global prayer leader. And he says that things happen when you pray that don't happen when you don't pray. Something happens when you pray that doesn't happen if you don't pray. So who is missing out today if you choose not to pray? Just think about that. When it comes to your job, when it comes to your health, your finances, it comes to the person next to you, you know, who's missing out? James says it like this, you have not because you ask not. So today, I think it'd be a fitting as we close in prayer, I'm gonna pray for all of you. Of course, I don't know your needs for the most part, but you might know the needs of the person next to you. So if you don't mind, just walk to the person next to you and just put your hand on their shoulder if you're comfortable doing this. And as I close in prayer, I want you to pray for the person next to you. You might know their need, or maybe you don't know their need, and that's fine, you can ask. Or you can just pray for them in a general sort of way. But you might know what they're going through with their business. You might know their health concerns. And the Bible says you have not because you ask not. God hears all of our prayers. When you ask in faith, he hears us. So let's lift them up in prayer today. All right, everybody's got somebody. I'll pray for you guys. Lord, we come before you in the name of Jesus. I thank you for each person here. Lord, I pray for Henry and I pray for Lisa. I pray for their businesses. I pray for their finances, God. I pray for their family, God. I pray that you touch them in Jesus' name, that you'd open up doors for each person in this place today. God, we lift them up and I pray for favor. I pray for breast, uh, blessings. God, I pray for prosperity and healing. God, I pray for anybody that walked in here with a sick body today. God, that they will walk out of here healed in the name of Jesus. I bind everything that doesn't confess Jesus is Lord, every spirit of sickness, every disease, every spirit of uh, poverty, God, and I loosen prosperity and healing and victory. God, if somebody walked in here, Lord, with an addiction, God, if they walked in here with a, a heavy heart, Lord, with emotional baggage, God, I pray that they walk out of here healed and cleansed and free and forgiven. God, we ask it in the name of Jesus because we know that we pray in faith and that our God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond 
all we could ever ask or think or imagine. So in the name of Jesus Christ, God, I pray freedom and healing and blessings for each person here. God, I pray that today is the day of salvation. Lord, that you have your way in each person's life. God, that as we receive everything that you have for us, we know that it's already been done on the cross. Father, I pray that you'd fill us with the Holy Spirit, that you'd send us out of here to do your work, to make disciples, to continue with an attitude of prayer and praise in the good times and in the bad. God, we pray all in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Give the Lord one more shout of praise in this place. We love you, and we'll see you next Sunday. God bless you.